This summer, click into cordless power with Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot. Tackle more than half an acre of grass with the convenience and gas-like power of the Ryobi 40-volt battery-powered mower. And keep your flower beds fresh with the 40-volt cordless string trimmer. Then clear debris with the 40-volt jet fan leaf blower. Click into Memorial Day savings happening now at your cordless power source. The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Hey everyone, welcome to Round Ball Stew. I am Matt Straup. It is Wednesday, February 23rd, and this is your 5x5 episode. Five writers from NBC Sports Edge for five minutes each, with one day to go until the season resumes. Today we're looking at the stretch run outlook for some key fantasy options in New Orleans, Portland, Oklahoma City, and a look at how to approach tanking teams. All that and more coming up in the next 30 minutes or so as we welcome in Raphael Johnson, who's already here. Raph, how are you? I'm doing well, you? Good, good. Where would you like to begin this, sir? You, you're leading things off today. I think we're going to start in Portland. Okay. And the question, one of the questions that fantasy managers may be facing mm-hmm. as they prepare for the stretch run fantasy playoffs is, what do you do with Damian Lillard? Now, he's a top 50 player. Obviously, we know his career resume. This isn't a player that you just drop right. you know, at the drop of a hat, so to speak. He's not expected back until mid-March, but by that point, with Portland currently three and a half games out of the 10 spot in the West, they're probably going to be even further back because their first six games out of the gate are against teams that are in either already in play. They're already in like the top six of the West. You had Golden State on Thursday, then Denver, then four straight on the road against Phoenix, Minnesota twice, and then Utah. So by the time they get to that March 12th game against Washington at home, they may very well be already out of the playoff race. So at that point, what would the motivation be for Portland to bring back Damian Lillard? I think he's a drop unless we hear something, right? you know, to the contrary about his return status. But yeah, I, I have a hard time believing that he's going to be able to help out fantasy managers in the fantasy playoffs this year. Right now, that that mid March you mentioned, that's just based on the timeline after surgery, yeah. right? I mean, it's kind of been crickets mm-hmm. as far he's as he's going to have to ramp up, and yeah, right, exactly. And I mean, I I had someone asking me this very question on Twitter recently, and I I just went and kind of looked around to see if there's anything concrete. I didn't see anything that there's nothing on mm-hmm. NBC Sports Edge recently to kind of yeah, I mean, was, yeah. say where things are going. I mean, I I tend to agree with you. It feels like a long shot that he's going to produce. I guess the two things I would say is. Number one, this is a, a guy who, you know, I think from a far away, it seems like a guy who takes his craft very seriously. And uh, mm-hmm. I, yeah. I wouldn't rule out the possibility of Lillard coming back to prove a point or something like that. Mm-hmm. And secondly, I just hate the idea of dropping a guy with first round fantasy upside if there's any chance he's going to return yeah. during my fantasy playoffs. So while all signs point to it, there's a part of me that would just be very hesitant to do it if I can avoid it. That is dropping mm-hmm. him. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think if anything, you're rushing out to pick up, say, a Justice Winslow. He's only 50% rostered in Yahoo, so Mm -hmm. he should be still be available in some standard leagues. I think you're going to have a tougher time finding either Anthony Simons, who's at 80%, or Josh Hart at 77%. But, yeah, I think those guys are pretty much the ones you kind of zero in on. And then a little bit later down the the line, maybe someone like a Trendon Watford in extremely deep leagues. You know, he obviously Uh just got the – the guaranteed deal recently. So it seems like 
they're going to have to go young with the youth movement because, like I noted with that schedule, they're going up against an extremely difficult slate right out of the gate, and they could be in some serious trouble. Um, and that doesn't even take into consideration what the Lakers may be faced with who are the current 10 seed in the West. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, after everything I said, if you're in a roster crunch and you have to drop Lillard, I mean, yeah. you have to do it. And, and I wouldn't I wouldn't call any fantasy, fantasy manager who does that making a reckless move necessarily. It's just mm-hmm. one I'd be hesitant to make personally if I can avoid it. So a couple minutes left. I believe you want to talk uh, another injury situation and what that means. Um, Jonathan Kaminga uh, with the Warriors. Obviously, he's healthy, but this is in connection with Tremont Green. Mm-hmm. He's in a similar spot as Lillard where we don't have a concrete date as for when he'll be playing again. I think I heard something like three to four weeks. Three to four so, weeks, yeah. yeah so like the latest, yeah. That's another spot where you're going to want to look for alternatives because by the time Green is able to play after a ramp-up process, maybe in a championship round of your fantasy league or it may be too late where you're already done. Mm-hmm. So I think Kaminga – even though he hasn't been a great fantasy guy, I think it's 13th round value over the last two weeks going into the all-star break. He's only 29% rostered. So I think he's a guy that in terms of, you know, uh, time management, so to speak, he's not at risk to be set, be seated on the bench for extended periods, like an Otto Porter, for example. So I think Kaminga, at least in deeper leagues, is someone that fantasy managers would definitely want to, roll the dice on in hopes that he'll give you some defensive stats and, and some other things along the way. Yeah. And I mean, Kuminga is close to, you know, intriguing, compelling value. But like you said, the defensive stats are a little underwhelming. The points yeah. are there. He's shooting 60, 60% from the floor his last eight games. So, mm-hmm. I mean, there are promising signs and I think he should be rostered, but we're kind of just waiting, for, I guess, for him to maybe level up down the stretch. And I'm not sure that's going to yeah. happen. Good point. But Yeah. All right. Well, Raf, appreciate you stopping by as always, and I shall talk to you soon. All right. Thanks for having me. Okay. See ya. All right. We are now welcoming in Zach Hanshu. Zach, we want to talk tanking teams here a little bit. And I think where we're going to start here is the one that does it arguably better than anyone these days, the Oklahoma City Thunder. Where would you like to begin that portion, this portion of the conversation? Yeah, man, let's get started with their record. As you mentioned, they're tanking. They're 18 and 40, fourth worst record in basketball right now. And they're currently without Shea Gilgis Alexander. So he's the guy that I want to get started with here. To me, he's a shutdown candidate for this season for the rest of the year. He's been out since the end of January. And uh, unless you've heard something that I haven't, there's been no significant updates on that status. Uh, You know, we heard. Hey, he's supposed to be back sometime after the All-Star break at minimum, but I haven't heard anything to the contrary or any sort of updates with a firm timetable yet. He missed last season. He played 35 games last season, missed a lot of time due to a foot injury, dealing with a right ankle strain now or sprain now. So to me, he signed a $172 million contract in the offseason. This is a ton of time that he's missed now over two consecutive seasons. Mm-hmm. They're going nowhere fast. It's better for them to win less games, get a better draft pick to add to that hoard that they've already built up. You know, do you see any rush to bring him back? I mean, that's a, a extreme investment that they put into him in the offseason. He's their cornerstone going forward. You know, why rush him back? Why bring him back at all this season? I mean, especially when it's Oklahoma City and the normal rules of logic just 
apply totally differently when it comes. <laughs> I mean, we're shutting down 22 right. and 23 year olds here. Speaking of SGA and right. Lou Dort, who is another guy, I guess I'm a little worried about based on what we saw last year. Yeah. No, I mean, but there's also a part of me that says ankle injury. He should be back. There's so much time left. He's been out so long already. He should be back. But if he comes back, how long will he be back for? I mean, I think you have to feel not great about not great about having SGA on a roster. And I mean, on the plus side, obviously, uh, we're seeing Josh Giddy really blossom as a fantasy option, Zach. Yeah, man. So Giddy in nine games that SGA has been out recently, averaged 16, 9, and 8, 46% shooting, 1.1 triples. He's ranked 111 on the season, but 70 over the last nine games. So he's a top 70 player in that span. He's he headed into the all-star break with three straight triple doubles. So this is exactly what we were hoping for when mm-hmm. he got drafted, right? So, you know, some concerns about the field goal percentage, some concerns maybe about the defensive numbers that he would be putting up. Uh, but those are typical kind of rookie things that can be cleaned up. The gaudy stat lines that we've been seeing, the triple doubles, the points, rebounds, and assists, and that beautiful head of hair of his, I mean, that's exactly, you know, what we expected. And that's what we're getting right now. So, as you mentioned, yes, yeah, shutting down 22, 23-year-olds um, might not make a lot of sense elsewhere, but to do it in favor of developing an 18-year-old mm-hmm. or 19 years old, I guess, right? Um, you know, that's kind of a unique situation, and I think it benefits them to do so. I mean, you're seeing Giddy just come into his own here recently. Yeah, I mean, if a 19-year-old gets shut down, for no good reason, I give up, you know? <laughs> right. it, it, like So Giddy's last 10 games, all without SGA, 16.2 points per game, 9.0 rebounds, 7.5 assists. That's obviously phenomenal stuff from a guy his age. But on the downside, and by the way, the percentages have gotten good suddenly. Yeah. During that stretch, 46 on the floor, 80 from the line. But the downside, 0.7 steals, 0.2 blocks, 4.1 turnovers. So if we're complaining, it's low steals, high turnovers are the issue. But the percentages, points, rebounds, assists are all great right now. Yeah, loving it. And I, I'll give a shout. If we have some time, I'll give a shout we to uh, one of Dr. A's favorite players. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Alexi Pokusevsky, man. He actually ranks he's 69th over the last couple of weeks here without uh-huh. SGA. Uh, 11 and 6, 1.3 blocks, 1.7 triples. He's owned in just 15% of Yahoo leagues. So there's a real opportunity right there to go ahead and grab him off the waiver wire for the home stretch. Uh, and if SGA continues to miss time, if Dort continues to miss some time with that shoulder injury, um, you know, Poku could really be that late season winner like we saw last year. He has some warts as well with the field goal percentages. But everything else, uh, I mean, you really got to love what he's doing. Yeah, absolutely. And by the way, when you said one of Dr. A's favorite players, I was quite sure you were going to say Darius Baisley, but it just shows you how many guys Dr. A likes on the Thunder. Baisley, another guy, yeah, just one of the best runs we've seen from him. Last 11 games, nearly 14 points, seven and a half boards, getting defensive stats, Mm -hmm. hitting threes. So he maybe is a guy who, fingers crossed as our timer expires can avoid the Oklahoma City shutdown and keep it going because this is momentum the likes of which we haven't seen from him in a long time if at all ever absolutely all right Zach thanks for coming by look forward to having you back on here soon appreciate it Matt thanks man all right yep with Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot you can give your lawn or garden beds a pop of color and protection right now get a special buy on Scott's Earth Grow Mulch five bags for just ten dollars 
help your soil retain moisture longer with color that lasts up to 12 months. Shop Memorial Day savings for a special buy on Scott's Earth Grow Mulch. Buy bags for just $10 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Okay, two writers still to go. First, though, we are going to take a quick break. NBC Sports Edge Plus is giving you an NBA midseason offer. Get 20% off an Edge Plus annual subscription throughout February when you use promo code STU20. Finish your fantasy regular season strong at one low price. Go to NBCSportsEdge.com slash Edge Plus. Use promo code STU20 at checkout to save today. Also, download the NBC Sports Predictor app powered by PointsBet and enter this week's free NBA pick and roll contest for a chance to win 50 thousand dollars we're highlighting matchups between the celtics and nets hawks and bulls and cavaliers and pistons now due to the all-star break this week's contest will be on thursday so if you don't have the predictor app yet download it now brad stonebreaker arrives with uh i don't know what's on your mind brad (laughs) (laughs) not much man uh i think i'm gonna start on the pelicans i'm gonna talk a little bit about the C.J. McCollum effect on Brandon Ingram so far. So C.J. has been really good. He had one kind of poor game in his debut, but bad shooting. Yeah. Um, but on the, in those five games since he's joined, he's been a second rounder, 28.4 points on almost 52% from the field, six boards, 5.4 assists, 1.4 steals, and 2.4 threes. On the exact opposite side of the spectrum, C.J.'s new teammate, Brandon Ingram, he's barely been an 18th rounder in those five games. Um, that he's played with CJ and he's at 15.4 points. Yeah. Bad shooting and 1.6 combined in the steals, blocks, and triple categories. Ooh. Which is just not good. He, he hasn't looked no. great. No. Yeah. 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 When you, when you start to say 1.6 combined in steals, blocks, I'm like, okay, I can live with yeah. that. But you threw triples in there too. That's just crushing. It, yeah. It's, it's not good. I, I don't know the exact numbers off the top of my head, but he's just very, below average in, in all of them for someone especially someone of his versatility it seems like um yeah he just hasn't looked all that great and it's it's not it doesn't seem like a coincidence so far because he was hot coming in with 23 points and four straight and then McCollum comes and everything kind of goes awry as as always it's a small sample size but it's cj's like it seems like he's directly stealing away i looked at some numbers he's stealing away around four and a half percent of Brandon Ingram's usage so far. So Ingram with in 40 games without almost 30%, and now he's at 25 and a half in those five with CJ. And as opposed to McCollum on, on the Blazers, 26.4, and it jumps up to 31.1 on the Pelicans with Brandon Ingram. So 
I don't know. I guess my, my main question, I don't know if this is something that's going to, is this something that's going to stick? Is this a trend that's going to continue with the upward trajectory of CJ and the opposite of Ingram? Or do you think there's going to be some sort of balance going forward and might even out a little bit? I'm worried. I mean, I think you have to be worried based on what we've seen. I think I was trying to trying to find some optimism in this situation. The only thing I can offer is that Ingram's shot attempts in three of his last four games, okay, have gone 19, 18, and 21. He had the one game in there where he only shot seven times, and I think they won by 30. But so 18 to 21 shots in three of his last four games. I mean, if you just look at that, that should be plenty for Ingram to get it done. So I I think in theory, maybe he can be okay. Maybe he'll figure it out. I think he undoubtedly takes a hit. But I think this recent stretch of 15.4 points in five games with McCollum, that seems a little extreme to me. I would still think he can, he should be able to get to close to 20 points per game at least, right? Yeah, I, I totally agree. I feel like this has to be, I hope, I really hope I'm not wrong, but I feel like this has to be the worst case scenario for Ingram with like all the low peripheral stats and only 15.4 points for a guy averaging in the 20s. I mean, he's still good for, he's seventh rounder for the season, which doesn't justify his ADP, but hopefully he can get that up a little bit. So managers aren't mad at him, but I hope, hopefully, like I said, the McCollum effect doesn't totally, totally ruin his last 20, 20 or so games here. Yeah, and I mean, this is a guy who we have to have those points from him because the defensive stats, like you said, aren't there. The threes aren't there right now. So, mm-hmm. yeah, nearly five five rebounds, four and a half assists since McCollum arrived. That's nice, but we need yeah. more based on this is a guy who's not getting you close to a steal or block per game. Totally agree, yeah. All right, a minute and change left for us. I think you, wanted to, you had a point you wanted to make in Sacramento, if I'm right. Yes. Um, so Harrison Barnes, he's, I feel like he's a potential shutdown guy like every year. But he probably and he probably was again this season before the Halliburton Sabonis trade. He's 29. He's the second oldest guy on the Kings behind Justin Holiday. Mm-hmm. And actually has the same exact birthday as Jeremy Lamb, I found out yesterday. Okay. I don't know. It doesn't, doesn't nice. really matter. But anyway, now the Kings. No, no. Important, important <laughs> yeah. trivia. Important so now trivia. Like, the Kings are they're kind of fighting for something a little bit. They're 2-2 two and two since they've gotten uh, Sabonis. Uh-huh. They're still 13th in the West, which is awful. But... They're only three and a half games behind 10th place Blazers. And Raf mentioned that they, they've had a tough schedule coming up. And then in between them, they've got the Pelicans and the Spurs who have kind of been up and down, up and down all year, mostly down, I would argue. So they have some work to do, but I think that this does bode well for uh, Harrison Barnes. Uh, he's He's been really good. He's never that guy you draft and you're all that excited about, but he, he's right. a sixth rounder on the season. Um, and early on the first week or two, it, it, he was like a first rounder for those first handful of games. He's efficient points, boards, threes. So do, do you think there's a lesser chance that Barnes shuts him down that, or Barnes gets shut down, excuse me, now that the Kings may, might be able to creep into that, into that play in spot? Yeah, it seems that way. And you just heard our timer go off, but I do want to respond to you there. Yeah, it seems that way. And by the way, I've always thought of Harrison Barnes as kind of a fast starter, slow finisher when it comes to fantasy. But we're certainly mm-hmm. not seeing that this year. Uh, his last 11 games, nearly 20 points per game, six and a half boards, almost three assists, 0.8 steals. He's shooting it great lately. 54 from the field, 80, almost 83 from the line. Doesn't turn it over. I mean, if you're a risk averse fantasy manager, this this guy is absolutely a dream to have on your roster. And <laughs> yes. uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm pretty encouraged by his outlook overall. Yeah. So 
Yeah, good stuff on Harrison Barnes. Yeah, kind of absolutely. an underrated, forgotten guy, I think, for a lot of people in fantasy, but extremely valuable player, quietly. 100%. Definitely. All right, Brad. Thank you for coming by. See you back here soon. Of course. See you. Thanks, right. Matt. Jared Johnson. Hello, sir. It's you. It's me. You you made it. I'm here. <laughs> I made it. All right. Cool. Let's start with... Mr. Hype King himself, number two overall pick, Jalen Green. This is a guy that I think can absolutely have a fantastic stretch in the second half. He was definitely a slow starter. However, he really turned it around in February. With heading into the All-Star break, he was putting in averages of 16.5 points, 2.1 rebounds, 2.8 assists, 2.6 triples, one steal, and 1.8 turnovers per contest on, this is the most important part, uh, 46.4% shooting. Okay. That percentage is super important because in January, he shot just 32.8% from the floor. Um, But it looks like he's cleaned that up. Looks like he's uh, cleared the rookie wall, if you will. I do think that he could be turned loose over the second half. I could see KPJ sitting out a lot of random games here and there. Uh, Same goes for someone like Christian Wood. Mm -hmm. And that would just really allow him to essentially dominate the offense. So how do you feel about uh, Jalen Green, the hype king? (laughs) (laughs) You know, putting aside the 42 dunk attempts, failed dunk attempts on Saturday night. (laughs) Um, I would say that I am encouraged long-term without question because we're starting to see, like you said, you you cited some improved numbers. Um, What were the assists at during that stretch that you mentioned? They are at 2.8. So that's a key number to me or a key category for him, I think, because if you look at his recent game log, you started to see some four and five assist games pop up. And I think that could be kind of a key to taking his you know his fantasy game to the next level right because we don't we're always worried about people just kind of becoming like going down that road of being a points and threes guy in fantasy points and threes only i think this is a guy you hope can get to four or five assists per game and up those steals so you know it was really bad for jalen green earlier in the year right so he's definitely trending up i I don't know that I quite share your same optimism for like consistency down the stretch, but much crazier things have happened, I guess, is where I land on this. Yeah, I think I think he realistically has a chance to have like an Anthony Edwards type of second half. But, oh, wow. Um, well, that, I mean, that would be I, huge because Ant- Edwards really went off last year. He did. I mean, I've man, I see it. I see it when I watch him play. He's just so talented. And by the way, on those 42 missed dunk attempts, at least this kid was trying to give us some impressive dunks out yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciated that. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see over the second half. But I pretty much have him everywhere. I very much enjoy watching him play, as I've said. Yeah. Yeah, so let's, with the time we have left, let's move to uh, D.C. Mm -hmm. I want to talk about this man, KP. Okay. We've yet to see his Washington debut. Correct. I would expect him to be on the floor sooner rather than later. But what I'm highly concerned about is how long he'll be on the floor for. Yeah. The Wizards right now, they're on the cusp of being a play-in team. But do they even really want to get there? Uh, this team right. isn't built to be competitive this year. Right. KP has playoff experience. Bradley Beal's out. What 
like, why would you not just kind of similar to what Zach was saying? Why would you not just stay out of that tournament and try to go for the best odds of getting a higher draft pick? Right. Um, you know, I do think that when KP plays, he'll be a stats magnet. Um, he's he's really the going to be the main engine on that offense. But I just I just see him returning to his New York ways in the terms of how he how how often he's going to be on the floor. Uh, I think before arriving in Dallas, he had played very few games in April, right. if any. So, uh, how, how do you feel about Kristaps Porzingis? Do you have him anywhere? No. Uh, are you eager to? <laughs> that was a quick no. Uh, are you eager to see uh, his debut at, at least, or what do you think his potential in, in DC can be? Yeah, I think the potential the potential is there in any given game he plays for them, right? I th- I think I agree with you. He's going to be a stats magnet, but the question of how long he will stay out there is is the important one. And the Wizards are one game behind the Hawks and the Hornets for the you yes. know for being the plan. And they, if you're the Wizards, you are probably eyeing the Hornets, who have gone one and nine in their last ten. And you're saying, hey, maybe we can catch that team. If if maybe that's what they're thinking. Um, so I mean, mm-hmm. I guess I don't have a, full, a much of an expectation for Porzingis. You know, debuting. It sounds like he's going to debut soon, but I don't have much expectation that he then just goes all the way to the finish line. I will be shocked if that happens. Right. Yeah. And same here. And by the way, I mean, our timer just went off, but I wanted to ask you quickly. We've seen Denny Avdia trend up lately. I want to quickly get your thoughts. Do you think a, a Porzingis return puts a dent in him, or do you think Avdia, have you given any thought to whether he's safe from the return of Porzingis? I think he takes a hit because he's kind of playing the same position. But, you know, as we've been kind of discussing here, I'm just, I'm not sure how often KP is going to be on the floor. Right over the second half. So even if he comes back, there's the possibility of him missing back-to-backs or right. or maybe he tweaks an ankle and that's like three games instead of powering through it because yeah. they're kind of not going anywhere. So I, I like what I've seen from Denny. Um, I think that if I had him on my roster, I would just hold him. And yeah. this is a situation where you hold until he gives you a reason um, to cut him. Yeah, same. Yeah, good call. I agree. All right. Well, that is going to do it for us on this episode. Don't forget to subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you listen. Take a minute to rate and review us as well. Stephen Raff will be back here on Thursday as the season gets back underway. And we're here on Friday talking waiver wire pickups as we always do. I want to say thanks to everyone for listening and for watching live. And thanks to all of our writers for coming by. Raff. Zach, Brad, and Jared. I will talk to you soon. Adios. Do summer projects your way with Memorial Day savings from The Home Depot. With free delivery on over 2 million items, you can make the most of summer grilling and dig into gardening. Plus, get same-day delivery on thousands of products like power tools and storage to tackle any last-minute garage project. Summer your way with Memorial Day savings from The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.